This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Blue Wire. Hey, friends, welcome into episode 29 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host, Gabriella Giovanni, And Ella, it was a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. I actually had my brother in town I was telling you about. And since my birthday was on Friday, we pretty much celebrated throughout the entire weekend. So needless to say, I'm a little bit tired. Um today because I'm not used to entertaining for four days straight, let alone entertaining my brother. Um, So, but it was fun. It was successful. I said I was going to karaoke. I not only karaoke once, I karaoke twice this weekend. (laughs) So in all in all, it was a very successful weekend. Kayla loves her karaoke. You can't start a new year without some karaoke. No, absolutely not. (laughs) It was was pretty fun. It looked like so much fun. It really did. It looked like a really fun weekend. What What were you up to this weekend? Anything uh, stick a lot out? To of, you? A lot of fam. A lot of family stuff this weekend. Yeah, some barbecues. Spending a lot of time with my grandmother. Um, some fun dinners. Um, so it was good. I, I love you know me. I love being home and eating with my family. That's what Italians do. Everything revolves around food, and we just eat all the time. So <laughs> that's always a lot of fun. Real quick, funny story before we get into our three-pointers for the day. My brother, while he was here, was whipping out some old photos. And I don't know if I told you this, but he spent a whole summer in Philly. Um, He did? I did not know that. Yeah, he stayed with his best friend who went to St. Joe's. Um, Shout out. That was my college for a year. Right? See? Look at the connections here before we even knew it. So we were going Mm -hmm. back about how he spent a summer there, and he was telling me some hilarious stories. And he just said, you know, it is very different. He goes, the people are very different there. Um, he remembers like he went to a McDonald's and in the drive-thru, they like answered the little intercom and they were like, what do you want? <laughs> and he's like, where am I? But I laughed and I said, you know, I appreciate the East Coast and, you know, Philadelphia because obviously I, he knows who you are. And I said, because they're just going to be honest, they're not going to you know, sugarcoat anything. I think a lot of like the South likes to make everything sugarcoated and really that's not what people are like. No being on the bus. Yeah. I said, I kind of like it. And he was laughing about how the fans there are just like so brutally honest. And he was like, he, he, he enjoyed it though. He thought it was cool. He thought it was something different. Like, and he understood it, but it was just funny because he was, he was showing me like all the pictures and he had like a Phillies hat and stuff that he had like bought for the summer. He was telling me like stories about the, what's the train that you you guys use with the transportation system? The subway? The one that like goes from the Phillies park to like in, in the city and everything. What's the Yeah. Just the train. Just a, it's just a train. They don't name it anything. Okay. 
No, and then from the train you would get a subway. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. He was telling me just about, like, his, like, stories on there, like, in terms of public transportation. Yeah, it was just... got an education. It was really funny, but that... It it was kind of funny that he brought that up because I was like, I feel like I know so much more about Philly since, you know, meeting you, so... Because of me. Yeah, that was cool. (laughs) But I don't have a Philly accent. I lost it. No, you do not. But some people do tell me, though, when they're listening to the podcast, they'll hear certain words that sound. Yeah. They can hear my accent. I don't think that ever it goes never, away. It never goes away for good. And when I'm home, especially, it comes back very quickly when yep, I'm surrounded that, by it. That definitely happens. It's just what you, you know, what you do with your natural surroundings. I think that's just normal for anybody, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, we have a fun podcast for you guys today. And uh, hopefully you guys, if you can't jump on you know, in the next couple of days, you can jump on at the end of the week, but we are going to start with our three pointers and we do have the assist coming in today. We'll get to that later, but topic one for our three pointers this week is the NBA finals. And we finally have the matchup set. It's golden state versus Toronto. And first of all, I want to just come out Ella and say, we were completely wrong about the Raptors. <laughs> If you listen to last week's episode, we sound like fools. We do sound like fools, but you know what? Sometimes in this business, you have to be humbly just put in your place. And it's not like anybody knew what was happening. I think a lot of people thought what we were thinking. Uh, Definitely. We we both had the Bucks moving on, but obviously that did not happen. And the more and more I'm thinking about it, Ella, I think this is a little more appealing of a matchup just for fans that maybe aren't diehard NBA because now you have all of Canada involved. So Mm -hmm. you've got Canada who's kind of curious now of, okay, now we've got our own team in it. It's the Raptors first trip to the finals of franchise history. And then you have the storyline of Kawhi Leonard just continuing to be, you know, the guy who's putting the team on its back, uh, his back and doing such a great job uh, in this postseason. I mean, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Well, obviously for the Warriors, the last round, they, they got the sweep. So that gave them plenty of time to prepare and rest. And especially when you're in that long postseason grind, yeah, preparation and rest, specifically rest, is what you need. And think, they sat back and watched the rest of this series. So they are very familiar with Toronto by just having the time to watch them in a game, a postseason situation. And it gave Durant more time to heal. However, he is still ruled out for game one. So that's an interesting storyline in itself. And the Warriors are obviously the team to win for a laundry list of reasons. But some might think that the Raptors are going to just keep their momentum rolling. But, okay, it can't be all Kawhi for Toronto. No, it can't be. And that's the thing. You can look at it like you were saying either way. You know, some teams need that rest, and obviously Golden State needed some guys to heal up. Um, And I'm sure that's not bugging them by any means because we've seen it time and time again. They're a team that can turn the switch on at any time. Yeah, they might be rusty right out of the gate, but that doesn't mean anything with this team because they have Steph and they have their supporting cast. And that's the problem I kind of see with the Raptors you can do so much to some point in the NBA finals or in the NBA playoffs. But when you get to that final, you have to have the whole package. And we saw with LeBron, he did it one year, but he had Mm -hmm. a little bit more of a supporting Mm -hmm. cast. 
he wasn't able to get past the Golden State Warriors when he didn't have that supporting cast. And if the Raptors want to have a chance, I don't think Kawhi is going to be anything but Kawhi, but I right. think he's going to need help from guys like Danny Green, who needs to be able to get hot, who needs to be able to hit some threes. And then you got a guy like Norman Powell, who has shown that he's been able to be explosive off the bench. That has to happen. And it might not happen every single night, but it has to happen enough to give Kawhi a little bit of help. Uh, because yeah. guess what? He's going to have plenty of guys who are going to defend him, defend him and try to slow him down. And some nights they're going to be able to do that. So I just think it's important that this is a team thing. And I don't know if they can click that on just now, you know? Right. I love the underdog story. I really want to believe that it's going to be an exciting series. I want to believe that the Warriors will be challenged. I really don't know. I put out a tweet right afterwards when the, when the finals were set and I said, who you got? And someone said, are you serious? Because I guess to most people, it's obvious that it's all Golden State. I, I love the underdog story. I really want to believe in the Raptors, but the Warriors might just be, make it over in four games. Who knows? Um, of course, you want a finals to obviously be exciting, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see. I, I think it's definitely interesting. I like this matchup, but, but it's all going to come down to how much gas really Toronto has left of the tank. Yep, and so I'm going to go ahead and say that this one's going to go to six, so I'll take Golden State in six, I think. Okay. Yep. I'm kind of right there. I'm I'm kind of right there with you, to be yep. honest. Give it, I think that, hot. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to get swept, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think they're going to have enough in the end. So we'll see. Maybe we'll be proven wrong, and then they can go back to our Maybe we'll sound like fools again. <laughs> exactly. Hey, but maybe it's a good thing. We're like the opposite luck for, like, Toronto, you know? <laughs> Oh. oh my gosh. Hey, this is Jason Pat, co-host of the Cash Considerations Podcast. Check out my podcast and others on the network by searching Blue Wire on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast players. All right. All right. Well, moving on. Major League Baseball, Kayla, at the two-month mark. Crazy. Because of that, I thought to bring it on the podcast this week. It would be fun to break down a team that's showing that they're going to have longevity. They have a future in October and maybe a team that's been a bitter disappointment from the gate. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start it off for you, Kayla. Okay. My disappointing team in the first two months of the season mm. are the Cleveland Indians. My our good Cleveland Indians. We spent a lot of time covering that team. To me, Kayla, in March when owner Paul Dolan spoke of the future of his star shortstop Francisco Lindor by saying, I'm going to quote him right here, quote, yep. Enjoy him. We control him for three more years. Enjoy him, and then we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. That was not received very well in Cleveland and really throughout Major League Baseball, especially when you see some of these stars getting paid the big bucks. And so when things start off like that, it's not looking too hot. But then Lindor, he started the season, missed the first 18 games, and then since then, they're 10 and a half games below 500. Yep. Um, on Memorial Day, they gave up a season-high 12 runs against the Red Sox. And it's just crazy. The, the disappointing point part for me is that in 2018, they finished first in the AL Central with 91 wins. And then all they did in the offseason was sign an outfielder, fielder, Oliver Perez, to a one-year deal. That's all they did. Yep. So send help to Cleveland. 
they need help. But the problem is, do they have the motivation to improve? And I think that's the frustration right now for fans in Cleveland, especially when you have an owner who's speaking so... I don't even know the word to use about the way he's. It's, spoke uh, about it's just Lindor. out of it's out of what he should be saying. He shouldn't be saying that right. to the general public. Right. That's information right. that should stay up top inside. Right. Right. So just when you have a team that did what they did last year to turn around, and nothing's working, and and they need help, and so really the root of the problem for this team right now is their motivation to improve, um, and bring in the help that they need. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but they've been a disappointment for me. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. I'm going to go with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, The thing with them is this is a team that obviously has been to the postseason two straight years in a row. They were supposed to come out of the gate, be a team that was competing towards the top of their division. Um, Mm -hmm. And really what the strength of this Colorado Rockies team was supposed to be entering the season has actually been a disappointment. Denver's starting pitchers have strung together the worst ERA in the National League. That is 5.62. A 5.62 ERA. That is awful. Yikes. The worst in the Yikes. NL. Okay? To go mm-hmm. in to go further along now, now that we're 2 months in, they are now 9 and a half games back of the LA Dodgers in the NL West. And the mm-hmm. NL West mm-hmm. Is it, is it, I guess it's to, for me, when I look at that division, it's, it's hard to catch up to teams like the Dodgers when you put yourself in such a big hole. Right. Um, there are two games back of 500. They're not even at 500. Um, <laughs> they were, they brought in Daniel Murphy. This was supposed to be their big boost to the offensive part of things in the off season. He's been less than impressive, appears to be struggling still with a lingering finger issue, which he was trying to deal with before. And then if matters don't get worse, here we go. This (laughs) Memorial weekend, their biggest contributor, one of them top three, for sure. Charlie Blackman has been placed on the DL. So this is a team that is not only been struggling, but I just don't see it in the near future getting any better anytime soon. And it's disappointing. I know those Colorado fans would like to see this team continue to go to the postseason, but right now Mm -hmm. it's not looking good for them at all. No. Well, I'm going to turn this on a happier note, and let's talk about the stronger teams who we may be seeing playing in the fall, deep into the fall. I'm going with my Philly people, don't hurt me, the New Uh York Yankees. They're looking very strong, and the reason they're looking so strong to me is – how injured that team is, and they're still successful. Okay, they play 17 players on the injured list. 17. And they're still on pace for 105 wins. That's insane. Then they have young stars like Giovanni Urshela. Love him. Used to be a Clippers-Indians guy. Yep. Who they didn't know what they were getting. And he's been so much more than just a replacement. And, of course, their bullpen has been dangerous. I think the, the Yankees, especially when they start to get guys back, I know Aaron Judge, I think, will be able to swing a bat this week. Mm-hmm. They're going to reload when some of these guys get off the IL. And I think things are looking pretty good in New York right now. Yeah, they always, you know, find times in these bad times to to find ways to just kind of hold things together. But they're obviously doing more than that. I mean, Tampa Bay is only about, I think, two and a half games back. And Tampa Bay has been really mm-hmm. good this year. But like you said, they're doing this with all these injuries. 
Giovanni Urshel has been great. That doesn't surprise me. I covered him for a long time. He's a fighter. He, yep. he always thinks he needs to prove himself, which he does, and he's doing right now. But then my good friend Didi Gregorius has been injured. They're, they're going to get him back soon. Right. Um, you mentioned right. Judge. So, yeah, I think that they're a team that is always going to be up there, and uh, it'll be an interesting battle towards the second half of the season because we all know baseball. Definitely. We know how crazy it can change. But right mm-hmm. now I think that that's a team that definitely – is showing signs of, of being someone who's going to stick it, stick with it till October. Um, my yeah. strong team, which I never thought I would say this, um, <laughs> because they have been the Uh-oh. laughing Who is it? stock of the AL Central <laughs> and really of Major League Baseball. But shout out to the Minnesota Twins. Um, the Twins lead the AL Central, breaking news, by double digits. Yes, the Indians are, what, 10 and a half back? I think. Yes. 10 and a half back. Yeah. So they have the best record in baseball. Like I'm not even like, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. I know because I haven't even, they're just burying. They are burying. burying, Yeah. They're burying people. So here's the thing though. This is what's so crazy about this team. There's really no big names on this team. Mm -mm. Like there Mm -mm. is really no like names that you're going to look down the roster and be like, Oh yeah, I know him. And I'm talking about people that don't know baseball really you know, detailed like we do. I'm talking about just right. the average fans that know the big names. So right. they're doing it with these players that not a lot of people know. They lead the league. This is an offensive powerhouse right now. They lead the league with 104 home runs <laughs> two months into the season. Um, and then here's the other stats that I picked up. They lead the league in scoring 5.9 runs per game, highest slugging percentage, 516. And an often uh, that's the highest offense in the majors, by the way. And then a pitching staff. So it's not just their their bats. Their pitching staff ranks fifth with a three point seven two ERA. Okay, that's in the entire league. And they're doing Ooh, it right. And they're doing it with a payroll <laughs> of one million twenty one point two. Um, one hundred twenty one point two million. Stupid. That is half the payroll of the Boston Red Sox. So you talk about a team right now who is like doing it all and doing it with nothing. Uh, it's well, the Minnesota Twins, and I don't know if they can keep this up. But if I'm gonna, pick you got a, the winner, winner chicken dinner, yeah, Kayla. Right? If I'm gonna pick a team right now that's rolling and and that's that's the team that's hard to beat, I'm gonna pick the Twins. So that's who I'm going with. Wow, pretty crazy. All right, it is now time to bring in our guest with the assist this week. For that, we turn to Allison Lucan. She is actually a contributor for The Athletic in Columbus. Thank you for coming on. Hey, guys. I'm so honored to be a part of the show. I just did such a great thing that you guys are doing, and I love talking with you. Yeah, we're excited to talk some hockey, and let's dive right into it. We have the final set between Boston and St. Louis. Of course, the Bruins now leading the series one at nothing after that win on Monday. When I look at this team, I look at an experienced team has some depth, multiple scoring weapons. But for you, you were able to see this team against the Blue Jackets in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. What stands out? Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously their ma- their most dangerous weapon has been their goaltending. Tuka Rask has been out of his mind. He is topping all of the goaltending measures in this postseason. And I mean, if you can't score, you're not going to win games. And that's what Tuka is doing. He's seen them through some lulls in their special teams. He really got them through, I think in particular, that Toronto series 
and the series in Columbus until their top line woke up. And, and that's been the other key is that that top line is, is where all of, if not most of their offense comes from. It's turned its, its switch back on to be able to score. Then you see players like Sean Corrali, a Columbus product, who's also now providing secondary scoring. So they, they have a lot of weapons, but I think they've really been powered and motivated by the engine of goaltending. Well, Allison, on the other side, the Blues, they come in with a great story. They were dead last midway through the season. They fired their coach, and now they're here in the final. With what you've seen, how are they able to get to this point? Yeah, it's quite an incredible story, right? And, you know, they bring in a different voice behind the bench in in coaching. And I think that they, too, got another push from a change in net. They brought in Bennington. Um, he, this is his first NHL year, which is yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, if, if you have solid play in net, it, it not only keeps the pucks out, but I think it gives the skaters in front of the goaltender more confidence to play their game Definitely. versus worrying about the goaltending. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. And I mean, this is, this is another talented team that has been built in a very thoughtful, consistent way. And they've just Sometimes there's a little bit of luck involved, and I think they have that here too. When speaking about, because we we mentioned now both goaltenders for both teams, and in that game one, I don't think you could put much of the blame on Bennington because obviously St. Louis came out and played a good first period, but that second period, Boston was able to really change it around. And St. Louis was getting, I mean, they were getting in the box. And I think that that can cause some some trouble with discipline early on. And I think it came back to bite them a bit. Obviously, we saw that they weren't able to, to win that game and Boston came back. But when you do look at youth versus experience in net, do you think Jordan Bennington has enough being so youthful and so new to this process to be able to hold it together for this team? <laughs> Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, it's it's one that um, the Columbus head coach, John Tortorella, had to answer a lot with such a young team <laughs> up and down the roster. And mm-hmm. and he says something that, that I agree with is that sometimes youth is an asset because you don't know any better. Right. right. You don't yeah, right. you you don't know to be super stressed out. You don't know to take it too seriously. And and I think it also helps, too, that we're talking about a goaltender. I mean, we all know that might be the most mentally taxing role on a, on a hockey team. Mm -hmm. And so he's already done the work to be mentally strong. And this is just another step in that, if you will, that would be my read on the situation. Right. Okay. Looking at this matchup in general, blues versus the Bruins, is this good for the game of hockey ratings were lower in the last round, but do you think this final is intriguing for fans? (laughs) <laughs> well, I think uh, I think there's certainly a lot of hate for the Bruins right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, with, with, with who they are, with with obviously their winning record, and with how they got to where they are, and how they play, um, and some of their players. Um, but th- but that's a huge market, so that is good, and and it balances out. You know that this there's another market in St. Louis that isn't really a traditional, if you will, hockey market in terms of marketing the game. So I like that. I really like the stories, as you said earlier, Kayla, that, you know, this was a team that was in the bottom of the league (laughs) and and teams don't do this. And so I think it's good for the game in that sense too, that we continue to break the rules in terms of, can this team be a contender at the end of the year? It's, it's more reason for fans to commit to their teams, even when they're struggling in a season, because now they, uh, they can say, look at what the blues did. 
And just along the lines of that, because I think the Stanley Cup playoffs, those of us who are hockey fans and cover hockey, we find a ton of intrigue in the playoffs because really anything can happen. And I think up to a point this season, and really with St. Louis still continuing on, anything could happen. I just wanted to get your thoughts really quick before we close it up with what the Blue Jackets were able to do this year and how much fun that was being able to kind of cover the postseason and their run. Yeah, it it was nuts. I mean, I think particularly (laughs) because no one, including myself, I mean, I have owned this. No one thought they were going to get out of that first round, let alone do it in a sweep. And I think that to, as as I've started to reflect on it a little more too, what I've realized is just how cool it was that Yarmo Kekalainen and ownership did go all in and what mm-hmm. that said to those players. And then to see it pay off, um, I think that was special. I think it's on the more tactical side too, I think it's a really good marketing move um, for this organization yes. to potential free agents. Yes, because right. as we know, they're going to lose some talent. They're going to have to bring in some talent. And what better commercial, if you will, to put <laughs> out there than to say, we will go all in, we will support our players. Um, I think it's also going to be, quite frankly, a little bittersweet for these guys because this was such a good opportunity. Um, And if they had gotten through Boston, I mean, everyone, including myself, was saying that the winner of Boston, Columbus, probably has the best shot. And, you know, you really hope that these guys will get another shot and that they aren't going to look back at this as as the one year, the one time they had the opportunity and, and couldn't find a way through. Yeah, I hope so, too, because it was a blast watching from afar, and I know you guys had fun covering it. Uh, Before we go, where can people go to follow you? Because I will tell everybody out here who doesn't know Allison, she is a hockey guru. She knows her stuff. Um, I learned a lot from her when I was in Columbus. So (laughs) if you want to go follow somebody who knows hockey, go follow her. She does some great features. Where can they go? Oh, you're so sweet, Kayla. Thank you. I'm uh, on Twitter at... Allison L. That's two L's, but only one in the front and one in the back. And uh, <laughs> and then again, again, also at The Athletic, uh, you can search for me by author or look up under the Blue Jackets team. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for popping on and talking some hockey with us today. Hey, I appreciate it so much. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. It's fantastic. Well, thanks to Allison again for coming on for the assist. And it is time now to go outside the lines. And I'm going to start on the tennis court with Serena Williams and her fashion in Paris this past weekend. I don't know if you guys thought. If you haven't, you should check it out. She is known for kind of her controversial outfits on the court. Sometimes she wore that black cat suit after she had her baby. There was a lot of talk about that. Um, today, or sorry, this weekend, she went out and she had a customized Nike suit from her fashion designer. And in the words all over it, it was queen, goddess, mother, all those things that she definitely is. Um, and she had a little like robe thing over it. And then she had her, her two piece outfit, but it caused actually more chatter than her actual win, which is so funny because she's become such a, a figure just not only for the sport, just for everything that she represents. And I say more power to her. She goes and she represents what she wants to represent. She's a powerful woman. She's a mother. You know, she she does all of it. And I think she's a, a role model, even though there's been times that she's 
kind of gotten heated in matches and stuff, but that's a human being. And to me, I'm like, you go girl. I love it. I love the fashion statement. Uh, I thought that was a great, great uh, thing that I saw this weekend. For me, Kayla, do you know what I thought was really great? Now, this is a little, it's happened late last week. So we're a little late to the game talking about it. But anyone watching the Bucks game last week, Aaron Rodgers was there. Ah. A lot of big names in the crowd. Well, Aaron Rodgers' O-lineman, he was on the big screen, chugged a beer. Like a a champ, right? They show Aaron Rodgers. And they had a little chug off. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my goodness. With the most pathetic chug. he He couldn't even finish the cup. It was pathetic. Can't finish it. That doesn't surprise me. Right? So funny. He puts it down. He puts it down. Looks like a loser. He gave in. Well, the story gets better, Kay. Kelly Stafford, that is wife to Matthew Stafford, the quarterback for the Detroit Lions, she posted a video on her Instagram. It's on her her feed, so you can even go find it right now. And they were just out having a drink. And in the video, she showed the Bucks game playing on TV. She... Put the camera then towards her husband, Matthew. He picked up his beer and chugged the whole thing. Like, I've never seen a person chug in my life. And she wrote, gets even better, hashtag King of the North as her Instagram caption. That was just pure, pure savage move. I loved it. I loved it. I I loved it. I love it. You go, Kelly. You go, Kelly. And you know what? I'm... I'm not a fan of really either Rogers or Stafford, but that definitely put me a little bit more towards Stafford. Oh, on that, that one. was awesome! Just because, just just because that was a bull legendary. Mood. I legendary. love legendary. Well, we'll finish with another NFL star, and that is the Houston Texans' JJ Watt. After two years, he posted on his Instagram that he is now engaged to his now fiance. He did it in a very traditional way, um, but I respect it. It was a beautiful sunset on Laguna Beach, which is probably one of the most beautiful areas if you've never been there in California, and posted it on his Twitter. But what I really wanted to put out there because of like why I'm saying this and why I think it's a cool outside the line story is because I think a lot of these athletes nowadays that are professional athletes feel like they have to be rushed into just proposing to their girlfriend or mm-hmm you know, finding a wife right out of you, right when they sign their major league contract. And I think some of the times it's like, let's be honest, these guys are not mature enough to be getting married at the age of 24 and 25. And I'm just saying that because I've been around a lot of sports and a lot of athletes and it's, you can tell when someone's mature enough to have a family and be committed and those who are just still probably having a lot of fun. So I just love the fact that J.J. Watt kind of took it slow. He's 30 years old. You know, he dated this gal for a while. He was engaged for a while. Or, sorry, dated her for a while and now is engaged. And so I thought that was a cool thing, that he's kind of like, okay, now it's time for me to to settle down. And I've gotten kind of the crazy wild stuff out of the way. Um, and now he's, he's going to be engaged. What, so I thought that What was cool. I love about it is I think she's a rock star. So for people that don't know, she plays professional soccer. She plays for the Houston Dash. And they met in the most, like, normal way. It wasn't, you know, what you would expect. Like, her sister was married to a Texans player, so they had kind of known each other and met through that way. But she's 
a crazy good soccer player. She mm-hmm. unfortunately had, I believe she tore her ACL uh, around the time when he had his horrible um, leg injury as well. So they've both been there for each other's kind of lowest parts of their careers. And I follow, yeah. you know, I follow soccer, so I follow what she's doing. And she's so good. She's so normal. And I actually watched a story about her once, and she's blind in her one eye. So yeah, she I remember you she plays that. soccer with one eye. And she was asked about how that changes her game. And she said, I've never played with two eyes, so I don't know. She said, the only time you can tell is when I'm watching film and you watch me um, track a ball. And it looks funny because I guess she's tracking a ball differently than someone else would. And so I just think she's awesome. I think she's awesome. I love them together. Pretty cool story. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, JJ. Good pick. Good pick. (laughs) Well, it is time for the knockout round, our final thoughts. And I must say, first of all, well, thank you to Allison for coming on. She is, I worked with her in Columbus for three years. She was one of the strongest, most intelligent women Uh, in hockey that I have worked with, she knows her stuff inside and out. And I learned just a lot from her being in Columbus and being able to work with her because we covered so much hockey. And so I think, you know, she was great coming on here with some good insight. So we thank her for coming on. And I think it was just good to kind of get our thoughts on um, all the big things coming up. And hey, I'm impressed with our winners and losers in the MLB. Ella. I know. I'm excited to get that conversation moving on Twitter. See what other people. I know. People say. Whatever people think. Yeah. yeah me yeah. too. Um, well, if you're listening on iTunes, click that subscribe button. Please leave us a rate or review. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter and Instagram at PressPassPod, and then you can follow on our personal accounts at Ella Didge and at Kayla Anderson TV. All right, guys, we'll have a great week, and we hope to have you guys back here listening next week. As for right now, take it easy. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.